You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Now it happened, verse 1, that David and his men came to Ziklag. On the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, they attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. Now, you recall that David would sing in the courts of Saul. Saul was the king at the time. But when David had slew Goliath, he became very popular amongst the people. And they would sing songs about Saul having killed the thousands, but David killed the tens of thousands. And they, they started magnifying David. And he was just there to, to minister to Saul. But Saul started to grow very jealous of him and eventually tried to kill him. And there were a few occasions that he almost got it right, but God was protecting David. Eventually, David ran for his life, and he was being pursued by the armies of Saul. They would chase him, and he would hide out here, and they'd find out where he is, and they'd hide out there and find out where he is. And so he went across into the land of the Philistines, and this town of Ziklag is where he, he chose to reside. And the Bible tells us that in his travels, he picked up a lot of disgruntled men, men that were all exiled and rejected and broken and in debt and their lives were in a mess. But David, being the man he is, a restorer a, in the likeness of Jesus, gathered them together and he formed this great army and they became very loyal to him. And they, he was a great leader and he brought this great army together. And so they were out one day and then they came back to their hometown, Ziklag. And when they got back, they found the whole town had been burned to the ground. And then verse two, they had taken captive the woman and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but they carried them away and went their way. And so David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire and their wives, their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. That is grief at another level. When you've cried till all your tear ducts are empty and there's not even a (laughs) left in you. They they have wept and cried. And now you can imagine emotionally, they are at their bottomless. Is that a word? It is now. (laughs) And notice David's two wives, Ahinoam and the, the, the Jezreelites and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had also been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man and his sons and his daughters. 
Isn't that interesting? He brought them together. Their lives were wiped out. They were done. They were finished. They were over, out. But he gave them purpose. He brought them together. They were a band. They were a group. They were an army. Now the first problem they hit, they reached such an emotional down that they now want to stone David. Isn't that interesting? The very person that delivered them, they putting the blame of the problem on that person. Janine and I have been pastoring this church for 30 years next year. Praise God. We said it's going to be a great celebration. I tell you, it's going to be come celebrate of come celebrates. What are we celebrating? Everything that God has done. But it's amazing that over these 30 years that you see people come in and their lives are absolutely destroyed. They're a mess. Their business is in debt. They're in debt. They're broken, sick, busted, and disgusted. And then take the word that is spoken, put it into action. Next moment, they blessed. They delivered. Business is delivered. They healed. They now get a spouse, they married, they, that never, never happened. They find their spouse, yeah, nochal. And they have children. But the moment something goes wrong, that they think that, you know, their God was like, a, you've seen it, yeah. I've said, how many of you have seen God move? Remember we did it just now? Let me do that again. Let me see, have you seen God move in your life? Just lift your hand and wave it. Almost every hand has gone up. But then what happens in six months' time? Or in a year's time? What happens when something goes wrong? What happens when you stand in faith for something and it doesn't look like God came through fast enough? Or I'm fed up with this or that one. Or someone sat in my chair. Give me a break. Jesus died, went to hell for you, rose from the dead, gave you a new life, gave you a baby, gave you a wife, and wife first, then baby. And, and, and then gave you business and, and multiplied you and your home sales are multiplying. And then someone sits in your chair. Now you're upset and you want to leave. Come on. Isn't that amazing? All of a sudden, it's the pastor's fault. Oh, that Alan Bag. Because that's what they're doing, that David. It's, it's David's fault. It's David. He, if, we, if he didn't take us out on the battlefield. Listen, the last 10 battles that you won and, and we got spoiled from those battles, then you were okay. This last battle, you think, well, now it's because he took us away. Uh, we, excuse me, last month you were okay with being away. So now they want to kill the man. And that would be the time if you were thinking three-dimensionally. Well, that's it. I suppose I did take them away. Go ahead, kill me. I'm, you know, I'm just as broken. Am I ever going to get my wife back and I, all my children and all my... No. What did he do? What did he do? What did he do? Strengthened himself where? In the Lord his God. 
Family, get a hold of this. God gave his promise that he would heal you, that he would deliver you, that he would provide for you, that he would protect you. But that's not why I serve God. Hear me tonight. Because if I'm serving God for the stuff, and then the day the stuff disappears, I'm going to think God disappeared on me. We got to get to a place like Job. Job, he was, I'm, I'm, I'm going through the suffering of Job. Give me a break. Go and read your Bible. I don't know of anyone else that has ever been through what Job has been through. You may have chapter three of his problem. <laughs> but the enemy hit him so hard, it destroyed his, every, every one of his children were killed. Imagine the heartbreak of losing all your children on one day. All his staff were killed. His businesses all wiped out. His crops, his source of income, all wiped out. And then not only that, his body is ravished with boils. And he's sitting there with a broken pot to scrape off the dead skin. The man is broken. And then Nochal, his wife turns to him. The one that's his helpmate that's supposed to stand with him. And she says, why do you still serve God? Why don't you just curse God and die? Thank you for your support. <laughs> He's on his own. And then he gets this bunch of friends that come to support him. And they start saying, it's your fault. You this, you that. And they all accusing him. It's like, guys, you know, I'm, I've just lost my kids. Y'all know, where were you when you... Do you understand what I'm saying? But watch Job's response. He says, though the Lord slay me. Now, you know enough if you study the word, that's not God. God's not going to take someone that's standing for him and kill him. That is not God. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have that life more abundantly. But Job said, even if God kills me, I'll still serve him. I'll still serve him. He didn't serve him because he was blessed. He didn't serve him because he was prosperous. He didn't serve him because his family was, he'd lost everything, lost everything, lost everything. 
but he served God. And then you keep reading, eventually when all these guys are done with their junk and their nonsense and bad advice, he could have written them off as friends. He goes and he doesn't even make a sacrifice for himself. He doesn't even come to honor God so he can be blessed. He says, Lord, forgive my friends. I'm sacrificing for them. I'm not even asking you for anything. Bless them. And God says, based on that, God moved in Job's life. And within one year, he was doubled. He got everything back in double. Come on, give Jesus praise if you can get a hold of that. It really bothers me when people are serving God just so they can get stuff out of Him. I know I talk about God's blessing and His increase and His multiplication all the time. Why? Because the Bible says, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. That, that's something we, have, we do by faith because God promised it. But that's not the reason we serve Him. When you've lost your job, can you still get down on your knees and say, Father, I thank you. I praise you. I may have lost my job, but I'm considering that promotion. Evidently, my boss doesn't know what I'm worth and he didn't know what I deserve and he doesn't know how to promote me. So you need to, to eject me and I thank God I'm on my way. That, that is my step up to the next promotion. Hallelujah. David strengthened himself in the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy. I said the joy. Not the tears. See, our, our human flesh, the 3D part of us, wants people to feel sorry for us. Like something goes wrong and we go... <gasps> And no one picks it up. So we, <gasps> and no one's going, <gasps> can't you see I'm in trouble? What are you looking, what are you waiting for? David had no one. They, they want to kill him. Can't you see I'm in trouble? I just need a hug. Hug's not going to save you, darling. I don't mind giving you a hug, but the hug's not going to deliver you. It's going to come from within. It's going to come from within. It's that fight from within. It's knowing that even though I'm struggling and it looks like everything's gone and this thing seems impossible and I got no solution, I don't know how to get out of this. I know my God never leaves me nor forsakes me. I don't care if no one else understands. You do. And I strengthen myself in the presence of God. I will sing through the tears if I have to, but I will praise and I will praise and I will praise and I will praise. Don't let your praise ever intimidate anybody. People get, I'm saying, why are they laughing like that in church? Maybe you haven't been through what they've been through. But we've been to the face of hell. 
and seeing God deliver us. Come on, give Jesus praise if this is speaking to you tonight. I'm telling you, family, no matter what the enemy came up with to try and destroy you, you have to ask yourself, why is he so intent on stopping you from getting to where God's called you to be? Because he can see in that realm of the four dimensions, that's where he operates from. And he can see the angels surrounding you. He can see God setting up armies and no one gets armies like that unless they're going into a battle to win. Why is heaven being dispatched around you? He may not understand the workings of the Spirit, but he does know those armies are warring angels and they therefore battle because you're about to go into a victory that the battle is the Lord's, but the victory is yours. David wasn't lost. He experienced the grief of that, but he knew there's a solution. See, he knew Hebrews 11 verse 6 long before any of us read it or saw it in the Word. He knew, he knew that without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those who see in his presence again. He had seen that. He had seen that. See, that's why when Goliath showed up, the rest of Israel, they, they still looking in three dimensions. They, they're looking in the natural realm. Who can fight someone that big? I mean, this guy is bigger than our champion. Saul stood head, stood head and shoulders above everybody else. And even Saul was shaking. That's how massive this man was. So when David arrives, he sees the rest of Israel all hiding and, and shaking and they're in their tents. Like that's going to protect them. And he gets up in their face. What, what, what is going on here? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he can silence the armies of Israel? We know the naughtiness of your heart. The naughtiness of his heart? You're supposed to be a covenant people. But this young boy knew something about his God. I see a giant. I see an enemy. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe that he is. I've killed the lion. I've killed the bear. I've seen my God in operation. He is the same God. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. While you were all in battle school, Honing your military skills, I was in the worship room serving God. And I know my God. What does the man get that takes him down? There's a reward. If I see an enemy, there's a reward. If I see an enemy, there is a reward. If I see an enemy, there is a reward. 
Oh, well, whoever takes him out, the king's already promised that all his taxes and his family taxes will be paid for life. How many wouldn't mind your taxes? I mean, you, you think of what you've been taxed. You look on your payslip, and if I could use, I can do something with that money. And they say, don't worry, you don't have to pay it next for the rest of your life. And the family's taxes. And you get the king's daughter as your wife. Um, royalty, where, let me at this man. And he's ready. He has seen what it means to be in the presence of God. And in this hopeless situation, his first option is to worship God. Family of God, regardless of what you hear in this church, in this ministry, whatever I've taught you, all the blessings, all the advantages, all the if you do, then this will, and all that. Those are all promises of God. Those are yes and amens. The one thing I want you to hear louder than anything else, without God and His presence, it's just religion. And we need to be in the presence of God. The presence of God. The presence of God. I don't care how pressing a situation is, you don't rush off into battle until you've spent Spend time in His presence. Too many times we make decisions quickly because it's easy. It's a natural decision. But when you're in the presence of God, you get a God decision. What do we do here? What's the next step forward? And David said to Abiathar the priest, verse 7, Ahimelech's son, bring now the ephod here. Now, it's been debated what an ephod is and all this, and so we, but we don't get enough information, but evidently it helped in hearing God's voice. And so Abiathar brought the ephod to David and David inquired of the Lord, not his sidekicks, not the captain of his army, not his close friend, he inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And God gives him three answers. You shall pursue. Pursue. You shall surely overtake. And without fail, recover all. You will pursue. You will overtake. You will recover all. You will pursue. You will overtake. You will recover all. You will pursue. You will overtake. You will recover all. You will pursue. You will overtake. You will recover all. Am I speaking to someone tonight? You will pursue. You will overtake. You will recover all. Maybe you haven't lost anything, but I'm speaking to those who need something back. You will pursue. You will overtake. And you will recover all. I don't know where you're standing tonight, but maybe you've been blown up, knocked down, cast out. Maybe you've lost everything, but God is speaking to you tonight. Pursue. 
Get up now and pursue. Get out there tomorrow and pursue. What has God put into your heart? You know what your next step is. Pursue because if you do it based on His calling, His presence, you will overtake. You will overtake. And without fail, without fail, this time next year, without fail, you are recovering all. I'm telling you, family, God is not about to give up on you. He has made it plain, clear in His Word. What the thief has stolen, when he's found out, has to restore seven times over. God doesn't do equal payback. If someone meant harm for you, God says there's a cost. There is a cost. You take on my people, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. See, the devil wants you to look at the person that hurt you. At the one that said something ugly about you. The one that abused you. The one that did the bad deal with you. The one that stole the money that you put into the business. That's what he wants you to focus on. Because then he stays hidden. But tonight, the thief has been found out. I said, the thief has been exposed. Jesus said, Satan comes to steal, to kill and destroy. You know who it is now. So place a demand. You place a demand. You place a demand. And David mounted up his men and they went after them and they caught up with them. And exactly as the word said, they got everything back. Everything, everything. God's not leaving you broken. There were 10 lepers. And you know what it's like. The lepers, they all had to get together and stick together. And... The priest had already declared them unclean. So they would walk down the road shouting, unclean, unclean, and people had to bypass them. And then one day they saw Jesus in the distance. And they called out to him, have mercy on us. And Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. What's he doing? He's calling those things that are not as though they are because According to Jewish law, if they believed they had been healed, they would have to go to the one who declared them unclean to reverse that and say, okay, you are healed. Now you can go back into society. So by Jesus saying, go show yourself to the priest, he was saying, you are ready to present yourself. He didn't even say, be healed and go. He just said, go show yourself. And in their walking, in their pursuit, I said, in their pursuit, they're now going to the priest. And in their walking, they look and they think, we are healed. 
one of them breaks away and goes back to Jesus. And Jesus says, were there not 10? Where are the other nine? Yeah, I don't know where they are, but I'm here. And Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. See, for those that may not have heard this before, leprosy, it causes tissue to break down. So like a nose will drop off, an ear will drop off, a lost body parts. So if you healed, well, the scars are still there. Nose is missing, ears still missing, but you healed and don't have leprosy anymore. But this man who went back, he went to the presence of the Lord. He went to the one who is the source. He went to the one who had delivered him. He went to honor Jesus. And in honoring him, Jesus said, your faith made you whole. He recovered all. He got his ear back. He got his nose back. He got his fingers back. I'm telling tonight, family, you may be carrying scars, but Jesus is speaking a word tonight. It's time to stand up and pursue and overtake for you will recover all. Am I speaking to someone tonight? It's your moment. I said it is your moment. I don't care how bashed up, broken up, bent out of shape, how things have happened. But if you make a decision, get your eyes off man. Get your eyes off people. Get your eyes off me as your pastor. Get your eyes off just the hype and the religion. Get your eyes off of anything that would distract you and get back into the presence of God. Pursue His presence. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. In His presence is the fullness of joy. The fullness of joy. That's where you see the miracle working power of God. That's where you hear the words of heaven that bring more faith to you than anything any man can say to you. Because when God breathes a spirit word into you, my words are spirit and they are life. You're not just getting a religious tip from a pulpit. You're getting a God-breathed word in your spirit. And that empowers you to chase down a lion. What manner of man grabs a lion by the beard and hits it till it's dead? A man, when his sword grabbed the sheep, God said, get him. I don't care what giants you're facing today. None of them can ever outmatch what God has done for you. Hallelujah. 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 Remember that man who was 
so sick that he had sores and the dogs came to lick his wounds. Remember that? Lazarus? Isn't that interesting? I always heard that and read it and then you realize, hang on, what, 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 who, who let the dogs out? What caused the dogs to lick his wounds? It was the sickness. It was the unclean body. Why are there so many dogs around? God wants to heal you from within because until you're healed, He can't take you to where you need to be. Because if you're not healed from within, Wherever you go, there's going to be dogs trying to lick you, get something off of you, get something of your flesh. You want to get rid of the dogs? Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Get that healing from within. No man can heal you. Your, your, your spouse can't heal you. If my spouse just fixed this, then I would be okay. If I just had children, then our marriage would be better. No, that's not what heals you. That healing has to happen within you. You got to get to a place where you don't care if the whole world hates you, if everybody turns against you. You cannot blame anybody for what's happening in your life. I cannot blame you for anything. I don't care what people have said to me. I don't care what they've done to mock me, criticize me. That does not change who I am. I am whole in the presence of God. I stand before Him as my judge. You've got to get to that place and know that you are healed. If you're the only person, if you're the last person standing on the planet. I'm leaving this church because there's no love in the church. You know you just criticized yourself. You said there's no love in the church. Aren't you part of that church? I've said it before. People, they hunt for the, for the perfect church. They want the perfect pastor, perfect church, perfect leaders, perfect. If you ever find it, please don't join it. Because, you know, you, you don't want to mess it up now. Come on. I, I remember you say amen to that. I, I know exactly. I'm saying that to me too. I come with stuff, but I thank God he took all my stuff and he put it on a cross and he loved me even with all my stuff. And I made a decision. If he loves me like that, I'm going to love you with all your stuff. 
and I'm going to be that love. If no one else is that love in your life, I will be that love. He is love. He is love. He is love. And if He lives in me, there's love in the church. Come on, give Jesus praise if you got that. And when you are healed from within, that's the moment. Glory hits you and you are delivered and you are set free. Amen. Shake off the dogs. Walk away. You are healed. Pursue. Overtake. Recover all. Come on, stand your feet and give Jesus praise if you got something tonight. Come on, give Him glory. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands in His presence. Say this, Holy Father. Thank You for loving me. Even when I was unlovable. When no one else wanted me, you called me. You love me. And you chose me. And I make a decision from this day forward to strengthen myself in your presence. Your joy is my strength. I receive your presence, your anointing. And I know no matter what was stolen, I have my instructions tonight to pursue, to overtake, and to recover all. I choose to believe it, and I run knowing I have the victory. You've already overcome, and greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. And I know that is the faith that overcomes even my faith. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give Jesus praise. Give Jesus praise. Give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. I tell you, family, you get to this place when you understand. When an enemy shows up, you're not asking for enemies. But if you see an enemy, you go, yes. Here's my next victory. There's an excitement. I said there's an excitement. 